Ultium Audio Bytes, empowering engineers across the globe. Have you ever gone into a situation thinking that you're totally prepared, only to come out of it feeling like you are totally clueless? Unfortunately, I've experienced this more times than I'd like to say. This is especially the case when I started designing products for serviceability or design for repair. There are many factors to consider before you decide whether your product should be designed for serviceability, and you should take the time to consider their feasibility. If design for repair is your final decision, then the bottom line is that you need to include features that make your products easy to service and troubleshoot. Since my initial design errors, I've learned how to optimize my design for serviceability. Here are some helpful tips. 1. Add visual indicators. Servicing electronics on-site can be overwhelming for a support team, especially if the malfunction is causing a delay in critical operations. Having a few well-placed visual indicators like LEDs or LCDs can help the support team quickly hone in on the problem. You can use LEDs to indicate the board is being powered, that the microcontroller is alive, or that the board is properly transmitting and receiving data. 2. Label your PCB. The tech support team can be armed with the latest schematics, but if you're not labeling onboard components properly, then they'll spend a lot of time hunting for the right part. Use a system to designate components according to their module and make sure that silkscreen labels are placed next to the right components. You'll also want to add meaningful labels beside designators for wired-to-board connections. Labels like PC easily tell technicians that a particular connector is connected to a PC. You'll also want to add polarity signals like plus and minus when incoming wire connections are polarity sensitive. 3. Implement error logging capability. You can't neglect error logging when you are designing complicated embedded systems. In most cases, problems and bugs that escaped lab testing are difficult to track on site. Those problems are often triggered by a combination of variables and can't be reproduced easily. To make matters worse, the system may have been reset by the time the support team tends to the problem. At the very least, a basic error logging mechanism that involves non-volatile memories like electrically erasable programmable read-only memory, EEPROM, or flash should be incorporated into the design. An error code is definitely better than making a wild guess when troubleshooting a problem. 4. Ease of firmware update. While this is really the responsibility of the firmware engineer, it helps to know that leaving the debugging pins after the prototyping phase can help the design team to sometimes run diagnostic test code on site when that appears to be the best way to locate bugs or perform the on-field firmware update. In a more elegant method, adding a micro SD card circuitry can allow firmware upgrade by merely inserting a card with the latest version of the firmware. 5. Use pluggable connectors. Often the best way to identify a problem is to isolate and rule out other possibilities. When you have tens of digital inputs connected to a PCB and you're not sure which are the problematic ones, you need to systematically test them. Pluggable connectors allow the support technician to quickly remove a connection instead of wasting time screwing and unscrewing every single wire. 6. Mount components on IC socket. 
There's a reason why certain components like optocouplers and serial communication chips are still available in the plastic dual inline or PDIP packages. For applications where your PCB is connected to wires that are exposed to lightning strikes, the first components that come into contact with those wires often suffer the brunt of the strike. This is why opting for PDIP packages and placing components on IC sockets could save you the time of dismantling, desoldering, and resoldering to replace the damaged components. 7. Ensure that your components are arranged properly. Proper component arrangement might seem intuitive to someone with experience, but it's good advice for the less experienced engineers who are designing their first PCBs. This will help your technical support easily identify single components. Also, may it's often bad design practice to have your components strewn across your board. Remember to group connectors that belong to the same module together. For example, you'll want to have all the connectors for octocoupler inputs together in a sequence, followed by relay outputs. The same applies to placing all the components for power module in a section and not having one or two parts in the analog sections. Before you start to route your PCB, check to see if it's designed for serviceability. Professional PCB software like LTM Circuit Studio can help get you started designing your products for serviceability.